Welcome to this episode of Tea with Twiggy. It's great to have you here. This is a podcast where I catch up with friends and people that I find fascinating. I check that they're doing okay and ask for tips to help us stay at home more comfortable. This is a special episode of Tea with Twiggy. I really wanted to speak to someone who is working on the front line during these times. My guest is Lucy, an NHS intensive care nurse, and I'm delighted she's been able to squeeze me in for a cup of tea and a chat. Oh, Lucy, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to me. I'm so thrilled. And can I just say up front, you know, you are one of our heroes, the whole country, you know, is in your debt. I I feel blessed to be able to speak to you and, yeah, to have this opportunity to to talk about all of it. It's quite therapeutic to discuss it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm sure it is. But before before we get into all of that, the important thing is, have you got your cup of tea? I do have my <laughs> cup of tea. I've got an Earl Grey. Oh, yeah, I like Earl Grey. How do you take it? Uh, just with a little bit of milk, no sugar. Oh, I have it, milk and sugar. I like I like a bit oh. of sweetness. But I've got a lemon and ginger today. Oh, very oh. nice. Do you have sugar in that as well? No, no. no. I only have sugar in kind of, you know, dark tea or Earl Grey or things like that. But, yes. but herbal teas, when I'm being good. When I don't yeah. need the... <laughs> I'm trying to push myself to like herbal teas. Don't you like any yeah. of them? There's some good ones um, out there. The berry ones, berry ones I can You I know can my favorite, one of my favorites is fennel. Have you tried that? No? I haven't, I haven't, but I'll have to give it a go yeah. now that you've said or it. Or licorice, that's a bit, but you or, know, if you don't like no. licorice, you won't like hate it. hate licorice. <laughs> forget it, forget it, forget it. Anyway, did you grow up, always wanted to become a nurse? I did, actually. I used to watch all of those shows like 24 hours in A&E and thought it looked really exciting. Um, And so that was when I kind of decided that I wanted to become a nurse. Um, And yeah, I actually did my training for nursing in Australia. Um, I say I hear the twang and I know you are Australian. Whereabouts are you from? Um, well, actually, uh, I'm a bit of a fake. I was born in Watford, um, <laughs> so but funny. I grew up. I grew up my life in in Sydney, in Australia. Oh, it's one of the great cities. I have to it say, is. I yeah. I love Australia because yeah, actually, when big... my producer told me you were from Australia, I um I said, why would she come here and leave Australia? It's so brilliant. <laughs> But... You are not the first person to say that. <laughs> Honestly, everyone asks me the same question. I'm still trying to wonder, wonder myself. Do you go back and forth a lot? Um, I try to, but it's very, I mean, the flights are ridiculously expensive. Oh, um, and the problem is I can only get so much time off work. Um, and, you know, you've got to have quite a big block of time to go back because it's so far. Yeah, um, but I was lucky. I went home for Christmas last year so that was quite nice okay um, how much what family have you got got at home in sydney um the only family i've got home in sydney is my mum my stepdad and my sister uh the rest of my family actually live in the uk so i've got support over here so how old were you when you left watford for um, um sydney three i was three when i left and then i've been back in the uk for uh, about four years now okay and do you look upon it as a long-term stay or just a visit for a few years? And 
I don't think so. I think the plan is eventually to move back to Australia. Um, my partner, he's English, but um, he loves it. So I think, and the wages for nurses are a lot better in Australia. So well, <laughs> I think you, we're... Well, you can't go at the moment, obviously. No, no, no <laughs> but, unfortunately um, not. I'm with him. I think you should, you should hit those yeah. beaches. <laughs> <laughs> Have some sunshine. Uh, but yeah, it's so yeah. funny you saying was, as when you were younger, you'd watch things like 24 Hour about the hospitals. and Because every time I would watch those, I would think, oh, my goodness, I couldn't do that in a million years. Well, number one, I think I'd faint every time somebody <laughs> came in that with something <laughs> something wrong with it. So I do think, and I've always thought that, to become a nurse, a doctor or anything in the med- medical field, you have to have a kind of in inbuilt thing within you that you can get over that fear. Because you must have been a bit nervous in the beginning, were you? Uh, I think so. I mean, I've never really been afraid of, like, I've never been bothered by blood or needles or any of that. I actually spent so much time as a kid in in A&E because I was always injuring myself. So I think I eased myself into it quite well. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so I, um, yeah, no, it was fine. I found it easy enough. Oh, that's interesting. And, And did anyone in your, was anyone in your family in the medical profession? No, none, actually. No, they um I don't think they could handle it either. Um mm. my mum was my mum's a counsellor, my sister's a social worker. Oh, okay. Um but uh so the kind of kind of the same areas in terms of care but not Yeah, not and, and caring for people and looking after their needs in whatever area. Yeah. Well, be, well yeah. because things like nursing and what they do, it's a vocation really, isn't it? Yeah. As well as a job, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. I think it has to be, having seen a few interviews like we have been lately on television with people, you know, they seem to overcome the fear and the the, the awfulness of lots of situations because it, it's within in them to help and to yeah. care. Do you feel that? Yeah, I think definitely at this time. Um, I mean, yeah, there have been some very, very, very difficult times, but I also feel... I think at the moment very proud to do I guess what I do and there you know there has been a lot of support in hospitals at the moment dealing with you know the situation and yeah I think it's one of those things where you just kind of have to get up and 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 do it you don't really have any time or choice to to say no really you just I know I find that really interesting because I don't think I I well I know I wouldn't be brave enough to do what you do I think I think it's a very brave thing to agree to carry on with but Mm. everyone you talk to who seems to be in your position seems to have that so it's obviously something that's inbuilt in you which is amazing really as I say you are you are our heroes (laughs) (laughs) I don't feel that way (laughs) it's a job On the lighter side, mm-hmm. what, what do you do? Do you have any spare time? What What are your hobbies and what do you do um, to chill out? To chill out. I actually didn't have many hobbies prior to to all of this, but actually on my days off, I've, we've been getting, me and my boyfriend have been getting more into baking. I think that oh, seems good. to be what everybody is doing. So we've been <laughs> baking, um, 
I started knitting. Um, oh, my, me too. Yeah. <laughs> my sister in Australia is, is pregnant, so I'm trying to knit something that I can send over. Lovely. Uh, it's fun knitting, isn't it? Yeah, I actually find it very therapeutic. It yeah. is very therapeutic. Yeah. I, the other thing that's lovely that I do is jigsaws. Do you like, have you ever done those? Funny enough, I actually have a jigsaw puzzle on my table at the moment. It's a big African um, animal scene, uh, like Brilliant. safari park. It's, yeah, I find, I like I don't like doing And that's very before. therapeutic because you just lose yourself for hours in a jigsaw. Yeah, I love yeah. It. you can have Brilliant. something on TV in the background. We've got back into Friends, so you can have that on the background while you're doing your puzzle. Yeah, my daughter's gone back it she's been she's been watching things like sex in the city and mad men i mean she saw them originally oh and she just was watching the sopranos because she missed that the first time around she said that was brilliant uh i've actually <laughs> not seen that we re-watched the wire recently which is another brilliant one brilliant brilliant tv <laughs> show so yeah we we got back into that and it's five seasons so there's a lot of time to, yeah. to kill watching that that's right absolutely we're all we're all gonna have square eyes by the end of this <laughs> yes <laughs> I think so although I have been reading a lot as well because I love to read oh do so, you what kind of books yeah. uh, either at the moment I'm reading um a wonderful detective thriller by Linda LaPlante who's who's actually a mate of mine and I love her to bits but she writes if you like detective th- she writes the best thrillers and she wrote oh. do you are you old enough to remember prime suspect yep yep that was a big series on british tv i mean it went all around the world with helen mirren in yeah it. yeah no i i i very i like those but i'm actually reading a tony parsons detective oh, book well, at the go. moment yep well, so you i love try that Lin- Lin- linda's new one is called buried and it's brilliant okay it's really will, good that's brilliant i was looking it's for page new ideas turner. it's like <laughs> and i either like those or i love um um romantic novels i i actually before the lockdown i i read there's 12 editions of poldark Oh, and I, I read the whole twelve, one after the other. It's like a oh. saga because I started watching the TV series, and I thought I'd read the originals way back when they came out in the sixties. So I thought I'm going to read them all again, and they're fabulous if you like that sort oh, of thing. Oh, I would, yeah, that that sounds right up my alley. And that takes you off into another world, you know, in Cornwall, in yeah, was, yeah, bit, yeah. No, I gorgeous. love those so, those kind of stories, definitely. That so that's that's my book reading at the moment. <laughs> amazing. So, did you train? Did you go to nursing college in Australia? Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, well, it's actually a degree now. It used to be through college. It's a separate uh, degree. So I did that as a four year degree there. And then once I finished, I then chose to specialize in intensive care nursing. Um, And so I've been doing that since since I graduated. So the last five years, um, I've been just working in intensive care. It's quite specialized, but it's good. I think it means that I've been a bit more prepared for all of this. Yeah, I bet. But by by doing your training and getting your degree in Australia, did that automatically allow you to work in the UK? Uh, no, actually. It was a very, very long, difficult process, oh, far it? more difficult than it needs to be. I had to do uh, quite a few tests and um, exams and lots of paperwork. It was very, very expensive to get the registration transferred over. I don't know why they make it as difficult as they do um, yeah I'm, I'm amazed because australia is part of the commonwealth and you know you yeah. think it would be an automatic um 
you know, switched to the UK. Yeah, and actually Australia's health system is um, mirrored on the NHS. So the way that the the system works is very, very similar. Um, I think they just kind of, if you're not part of Europe or the UK, it's just one blanket rule, uh, whether you're from, you know, India, Philippines, Australia, it's all, uh, you have to go through the same process. And how long did that take? All in all, about two years. And were you, you were here doing that, obviously? I started it in Australia, started the process, and then when I moved over here, um, I was actually going to give up doing it, and I ended up just working in a recruitment job, actually, um, <laughs> in an office, which I didn't like very much. It wasn't for me. <laughs> um, and then when I met my partner, because he's English, I decided I was going to stay, so I thought I should just push through and, and, and get my nurse. Is he in the medical profession? No, he's actually a teacher. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. another yeah. another one in the... Well, kind of in the front line, absolutely, teaching our yeah, children. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, well, both, hopefully. Both well, still working. Yeah, when they, get, when they get to go back to school. Yeah, eventually. Eventually, yeah. But, so when you, do you call it graduating when you've done all your exams? Is that what you call it? Yeah, you get a nursing degree um, and then after you've got the degree, you can choose to kind of do further studies. So I'm doing a diploma at the moment in intensive care nursing. So it's a bit more kind of specialist that you add on to your degree. Okay. And that would allow you to work in any hospital in the UK, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't even need to do, yeah, you don't even need to do further studies. I mean, they're so, they're so desperate for nurses that once you've got that nursing degree, um, I'm quite lucky I could get a job anywhere, really, um, as long as I interviewed well enough, I think. Oh, I'm sure you would. (laughs) (laughs) So when this horrible COVID-19 started to kick in, were you... Were you aware before us general public what that it was going to be as scary as it's been? Were you um, because you were in the front line? No, uh, actually, I think uh, we were very, very underprepared. Um, I think there was not really there was there's not many kind of plans in place. Um, I think because it hit very quickly. Um, and so we were kind of all learning as we were going along. I think the hardest thing is, you know, when you have someone who comes in with any kind of condition, there's normally loads of research and information about how best to treat that that person. And, you know, there's normally antibiotics or drugs that you can use. And unfortunately, this was all so unknown that, um, you know, weeks into it, we were still trying to work out the best way to to care for these people and treat them um still not there yet and how did you cope with it or how are you coping with it I should say because it's uh it was okay um it was it was busy I mean the problem is we normally because most of the patients in intensive care are so unwell it's normally only one nurse to one patient um, especially if they're on a ventilator, mm-hmm. um, the breathing machine. But um, because it hit so quickly and a lot of our staff were off sick because they had coronavirus themselves um, or showing symptoms, we were on a ratio of one to three. So we were having to look after three very, very unwell people um, with just one of us. So it was, yeah, it was it was very difficult, but it's easing now, which is, which is so good. So is it safe to say we are on the downward curve at the moment or would you not like to comment on that 
Uh, no, I mean, just for, purely from, yeah, the amount of patients that we have now compared to how many we did, I guess, at the peak, they would say. It definitely is on the downward kind of slope. Um, however, I think we're all we're all preparing and expecting for there to be another wave when the lockdowns start easing. Yeah. Um, I just I think it's just kind of natural it's going to happen. Yeah, but I suppose you know that we can't we can't stay in lockdown forever, can we? No, I, I, no. I mean I, I wouldn't like to be the one who makes these decisions. I have to say, but um, but I do. I mean, just from I mean I I'm because I'm of a certain age group <laughs> that um, my husband and I have been isolated since we were told to. Yeah, um, and it's. And I do go out, I go out, you know, I go, if I go into a shop, I go into small shops and I wear a mask and gloves and things. Um, the hardest thing that we find is not being able to see our kids and our grand grandkids, you know. But um, but for you, I just can't imagine having to get up every day and, and go into a place of work. Uh, do you not feel nervous for yourself? Or I suppose you override that, do you? Well, I mean, I think I think I wasn't at the beginning, I wasn't nervous because I didn't actually really know a whole lot about it. And we were all under the impression, actually, it was probably more like the flu. So and we deal with that quite often. Yeah. So I wasn't nervous. Then as it did start to get uh, busier and we actually really understood kind of how horrible the virus itself is and, and you know, the effects that it has on on the human body, I did get more nervous um, but I actually have already had, I, I caught it quite early. Um, oh. And so I was actually at home uh, with it for a couple of weeks. And I think after that, I was very lucky that I didn't have very bad symptoms at all. Um, and then after that, you do almost go back thinking, well, I've already had it once. I, I'm very, I think it's very rare that I would, would catch it again. So I now, yeah, I, I, I don't really have a huge amount of fear uh, for oh, myself. That's interesting. So, so when you caught it, you, you didn't get it badly, obviously. What, you you no. just got it like flu symptoms, did you? Yeah, I just had a bit of a cough. I just felt a bit under the weather, a bit weak. Um, and I wasn't, this was at the beginning when unfortunately testing wasn't very good. So I never actually got tested. So I'm not 100% certain I did have it. Um, but I obviously I live with housemates and my partner and he got very unwell and he never gets sick. So I was almost certain if if he's unwell, I've obviously given it to him or, yeah. you know, vice, vice versa. Can't so. you have a t I mean, I, I, I don't really understand it like you probably do. But isn't that antibody test? Could they do that now to see if you have had it? Yeah, they have brought out um, only recently, actually, very recently. Yeah, they've it was got last the antibody week, wasn't it? test. Yeah, yeah, and apparently it's meant to be very, um, very accurate. So I think that's the plan to get it rolled out. Um, I, I guess in in hospitals, but you know, there's a lot of hospitals for it to get to a lot of people for it to to get to. And I think the issue is that they're not certain if you have had it exactly how long you know, the antibodies actually last. So if, if you've had it, you could be, you could be okay for three years, five years, or, you know, only a couple of months. They're not, you know, there's not enough mm. evidence yet. So. No, I know that that's the scary thing for me is that 
because you read everything and you watch things until you scare yourself to death. <laughs> mm. But it's it's the not knowing. It's not that. I mean, I'm sure everyone feels that way. Do you think? Do you think it's until they get a vaccine that it won't really go away? I think so. Yeah. I mean, if, if they. Yeah, there's got to be a lot more research, but I think that I don't think life will go back to normal in terms of, you know, prior all of to prior to COVID um, until there is a vaccine because the virus will still exist. Um, You just kind of have to, I guess, with lockdowns, they'll just have to ease them and do it in stages. Um, People will just have to be a little bit more vigilant. Um, But yeah, I don't think life will be completely back to normal until there is there is a vaccine or a treatment my husband was reading yesterday online that um i think it was thailand and and korea had very few cases and they contained it very quickly Mm. because they'd had other viruses hit before in that region and they were more prepared and kind of knew what to do yeah, yeah. I think they closed down very early, didn't they? Yeah, actually, it's the same as Australia. Um, I'm, I'm in contact with my mum quite a lot back home, and uh, they similarly did did very, very well. Um, they closed their borders very quickly, and they had, I think, they only had a total of ninety um, deaths across the whole country. That is, which is amazing. Yeah. When you think impressive. how big Australia is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think well, they do have luck on their side. The fact that they are so big and there's such a small population. People were kind of socially distancing before any of this anyway. Anyway, apart yeah. from in the centre of cities, I suppose. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got yeah. friends in Australia who live like in the middle of nowhere with those yeah. great big spiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I they don't... don't have to worry about corona, but they have to worry about the spiders. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I did a commercial out there about, oh, about 15 years ago. It was an English commercial, but it was unbelievable. It was cheaper to fly me and the crew. The director was Australian, a lovely guy. But everyone else came from from London it was cheaper to do that than shoot it in England because it was done really? in a studio. Yeah, it was mad. But anyway, it was lovely because I got a trip to Sydney and actually it was Brisbane, but we had a week in Sydney, which I love. Beautiful. And we went up and he, the the um, the director, who was a lovely guy, he'd been married to an English woman for 30 years or something. And he, you know, chatting over the days we were working, he said they lived in, is it called, the, is it the Outback? Is that what they yeah. call it? The outback, yeah, the middle of nowhere. Yeah, middle is. of nowhere. And, and I and he said because he loves it. And I said, "Is your wife all right with that?" And he said, "Well, yeah." He said it. It took her. Uh, it took her a few years <laughs> to get used to <laughs> these spiders that jump, and they're the size of a plate, a dinner yeah. plate. I said, "Oh my <laughs> god!" I mean, there's no way. He said we'd lay in bed at night sometimes and you'd see one come across the ceiling and then it would drop onto the bed. Yeah, I oh think people goodness. have this this oh. idea of Australia being like that. The minute you you know step out of Sydney airport, there's just snakes hanging from trees and spiders <laughs> running around. And, yeah, yeah, I must say, I've never seen a spider <laughs> or a snake in Australia. But no. I haven't been to the outback. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I have myself, but yeah, I've not been proper outback. I imagine they are a lot more frequently seen uh, than in the cities. Luckily. Yeah, I, I, I just wish that I'd gone out to Ayers Rock. 
I've never so been. I know it's bad to admit I've actually never been myself. Because um, it's, it's quite a long way, isn't it? Yes. In inland. Because yes. yeah. it amazed me when I left, when we left Australia, how you forget, you don't realise how big it is, but flying out of Sydney, it took eight hours before we crossed out of Australia in in the north. I mean, it's, it's so big. Yeah, yeah, That's I do remember so my partner, he's English, and he'd never been outside of Europe. And, you know, most of the time if the pilot says, oh, we're just kind of just come over the UK, you know it's about half an hour, 20 minutes before you're off the plane. That's right. And um, uh, the pilot, the first time he came with me to Australia, the pilot said, we've just come over Australia. And so he got up, put his bag on, was just about to, you know, start getting off the plane. As I know, we've still got another five, six hours to go. <laughs> That's hysterical. Yeah. Was your mum all right through all the, the terrible fires last year? Um, actually, they were, unfortunately, they, they moved recently out of Sydney down south um, where they live was right in the middle of where mm. the fires were. So they luckily didn't have to um, leave their house. They could stay there. But the area, a lot of the areas around them did get evacuated. We were there, actually, funny enough, uh, it was the Christmas that we were there when the fires were on. And the smoke and the the you know the ash and everything was it was awful. It was mm. um, yeah, yeah, pretty. I say it was it was. Time. I mean, it, it goes on most years, doesn't it? The fires, the fire yeah. season. But this the, the last one was particularly bad, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd start at normally the fires kind of start around November, December. Mm -hmm. um, so they weren't prepared because these ones started from you know September yeah. time. So it was months, and I don't think they were yeah quite prepared for how how bad it was. I mean, the country's just getting hotter and hotter every year. I know it is a problem, isn't it? Mm. But presumably that's to do with. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but presumably it's something to do with climate change. Yes. And actually, the only upside, it seems to me, of this horrible virus is that the pollution's come down and, you know, maybe it'll affect global warming. I don't, I mean, I don't know. No, I completely agree. I, we were actually talking about the same thing, the amount of, yeah, cars on the road and mm. um, obviously just one plane not flying overhead reduces emissions. So the fact that there are, you know, next to no planes flying at the moment, I'm sure has got to be having a really, really positive mm. impact. It'd be interesting to see if we as human specimen on this planet go back to falling into the traps we went we were in before, or maybe this is a wake up call. What do you think? I hope so. I agree. I think that people I think what this has taught us is, you know, as horrible as it as it is, um, and continues to be, I think there's a lot of lessons that people you know more people are spending time at home and just taking things day by day you can't plan anything at the moment you know families are spending more time with each other than they ever have um yeah the pollution aspect I think people are um are appreciating um different career paths as well now and you know there's a lot more appreciation for people who are working in supermarkets or you know driving our buses and yeah, I, I really do hope that people start to kind of think about those things a bit yeah, more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it, it was surprising to me. I didn't even think about because there's been quite a lot of um, bus drivers who've died, is, haven't there oh, been? Yeah. And I don't think anyone ever even thought about that. But then when you think of the close proximity of people getting on and off the bus and... Mm. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and they, 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 you know, didn't really get the credit, I don't think, of how brave they're. And as you say, the supermarket workers, without those people going into work, you know, we wouldn't have the food. Exactly. So yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope people will appreciate more and be kinder to each other because life was becoming so fast and so crazy and so much about getting the next thing and getting to the next place and everything has to be you know and it was like maybe this maybe some greater power whatever you believe in suddenly said hold on a minute you're killing the planet yeah yeah <laughs> let's do something so. to you know I mean, it's <laughs> awful that it had to be something like this but it does make you think there must Oh, I don't know. It makes me think there must be something out there somewhere that... I completely agree. There's got to be some kind of balance, I think, and we were going so far the other yeah. way. It was, yeah, almost like trying to keep homeostasis, just keep everything kind of level. And I think that, yeah, yeah, with this happening, maybe maybe this was a sign. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just... It's just um, it does make you think... So do you work every day in the hospital? No, um, so our shifts we do twelve hour shifts. So wow, we, twelve yeah, hours. That's twelve long. hours. Yeah, yeah. And actually, with Corona, they were more like thirteen, fourteen hour shifts. So, yeah, it was a long day, long days. Um, so I do, I do roughly three to four shifts a week. Okay, so you do, and, and do you do you get a block of time off or? Um, no, they're a kind of, you have a set amount of shifts per month and then they're just kind of put wherever. Um, uh -huh. I mean, you would never normally do more than three days in a row. They try to do it at least two days at a time. Um, cause it's, I, I'm imagining it's not only looking after your physical health, but your mental health, you know, dealing with what you're seeing. I mean, I find it hard watching it on the news where we only get little snippets of, what's going on so yeah. when you're within it day in day out that you know that must be do, do you find it good to come home and talk to your family and friends about it or do you tend to keep it to yourself or um no I mean my my I've been very very lucky my my housemates have been very very good through it I always come home and they've always got dinner ready on the table for me as I come Quite in and right. a, glass, a glass of wine ready to go <laughs> um and yeah no they do ask me how it I, I feel very comfortable talking about it I, I don't Good. mind don't mind speaking about it um I find that my days off I enjoy a lot more than I used to um and just literally yeah I, we're, we're very I'm very exhausted on my days off but it's nice to have my housemates around they're all working from home so it's actually been quite nice during this time to have them there when when I'm on on a day off yeah and you know I, I I along with probably everyone in the country on Thursday nights we all come out and clap and shout and scream how do you guys feel about it is it has it been nice or is it like oh they're at it again <laughs> <laughs> it's it was. I think. It, yeah, it is really, really nice. It's, I think. I mean, I feel uncomfortable going out and doing it myself. I feel like that's kind of giving yourself a pat, pat on the oh, back. Oh, you should give yourself <laughs> a pat on the back. <laughs> uh, no, I do. I think it is. It is lovely. Um, and I just hope that, you know, even after this time, and I mean, I don't want it to continue on forever. It doesn't need to. But I guess, I'm. I'm hoping that you know maybe with this there might be a bit of a change in terms of 
what nurses and doctors do get. Hundred percent. It's about t- about time, I have to say. <laughs> I think so. Unbelievable. I think so. I'm if, I'm doubtful, but I, you can you really can, you can yeah. Oh, I think yeah. I think every everybody in the country would support it. That you're all overworked and underpaid goes without saying, and I think you all should be given massive awards and massive pay rises. If I was prime minister, I'd do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, yeah, I wouldn't say no to that. It would definitely definitely be helpful, but. I mean, I'm just lucky during this time. I know a lot of people have lost jobs and, uh, you know, struggling with any income. So I'm just lucky that actually this is probably the most economically sound I've been. I've never had this much because I can't go out anywhere to spend, spend I money. I say you so. can't spend it. That's yeah, right. It's yeah, interesting, exactly. actually. And as you say, so there's been so many people, my husband and I, we, we talk about it a lot, you know, how it's going to affect a lot of people you know when it does ease down a little bit because I don't think people will all go back to work as they were before like we were reading an article that the 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 state of the office and going to the office will probably change because so many people have been working from home and it works that they might continue and the offices you know will probably sh- some of them were shut down it's in- it'd be interesting actually isn't it yeah yeah I was I was actually speaking about that with my mum today because they've started saying that more people can turn return to work but something as simple she was saying is every in a lift you can only have two people and you think some of these big multi-story buildings that people work in mm-hmm. just the difficulty of getting to work and getting up to your office um with those kind of restrictions will be hard enough. I imagine every desk will have to be two metres apart. And so, yeah, I, I do, I, I agree. I think things will be very different and, and maybe people will choose to spend more time at home working and spending more time with their, you know, their kids and their, you know, their wives or husbands. Which um, I think actually is one of the upsides, I think. Um, I mean, my daughter, who actually just before the lockdown uh, gave birth to a second child oh congratulations (laughs) although I haven't seen him very much I got to hold him twice and then we locked down but um but she's had her husband working from home and so she said that's a nice side for them because normally he'd be in the office all day and it's lovely with a new baby that He's in the house. I mean, he's working, but he can pop up and down and have they can have lunch together and, you know, he gets to see the baby. So that's a nice side. Yes, yeah. But, you know, nobody would wish this on the world no, um, no. just to get that. But as we said earlier, maybe it'll just make us all rethink of how we want to live our lives. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. You know, those those husbands who get up at six in the morning to get into London and then don't get home until six in the evening and they miss huge parts of their, their children's lives. So, yeah, no, hopefully, hopefully um, it will it will make a change in that way. Yeah. And it would be interesting because, you know, in, in my my kind of profession, you know, I mean, I do lots of different things, but like we've got lots and lots of friends who are actors and things. And it makes we were all talking the other day about how how that's going to work because they won't <laughs> they might be able to film, 
you know, from across the room, but they won't be able to do any love scenes or no. any, <laughs> give us a kiss. Or I'll blow you a kiss. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. You don't think about those small things like I that. Know. Well, you, you know, you watch any of the soaps and they're, you know, it's, they're they're very interactive, aren't they? Well, yeah. If they're no, not if they're not kissing, they're shouting at each other. Yeah. So it makes you wonder how they're going to do. So I, I, it's very 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 weird. So Lucy, do you have any messages for other key workers and people at home who might be, you know, in dire straits, trying to look after people and kids and juggling everything um I guess the thing that I would say is I understand you know people are struggling with being in lockdown and it's very you know unprecedented times but I think that people need to to realize the impacts of not following kind of the lockdown that they do have on hospital workers and I know it I know it's tough but staying home is is very important at this time um and that you know, I think that, yeah, I think people need to, because London, especially where I live, is very congested, um, but you still see a lot of people out and about when, you know, you just hope that maybe they could see a day of work where I work and it might change their mind in terms of wanting to have parties or do do whatever they're doing and, um, you know, prevent. Do you think it's a certain age group who who kind of are getting more frustrated? I mean, do you think older people are better at uh, obeying the rules, that that younger people are just thinking, oh, gosh, you know, I miss my friends, I miss my boyfriend, I miss my girlfriend? (laughs) You know, I think it's much harder on younger people. Yeah, I I do. Yeah, I agree. I think that there do seem to be more younger people out. I think younger people, well, one, I mean, there are less risk in terms Mm -hmm. of if they were to catch it, they, you know, they're not they wouldn't have it as bad I suppose as the older generation so I think that's definitely one one reason that maybe they're a little bit less concerned about being out and about and yeah I think the simple things you know they miss going to pubs or going out to restaurants and you know festivals and all of that are cancelled I think that yeah for younger people maybe they they will be struggling with that a little bit more yeah just more frustrated yeah 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 because you know Mike our age group you know we we spend a lot of time at home any i mean i miss seeing our friends and i certainly miss my family but you know we <clears throat> and we'd go to restaurants sometimes and going to the theater we miss and things like that but mm. we're, we're pretty much homebodies you know but i think younger people it's the interaction with other young people isn't it yeah that must yeah. be very very hard and also, when when you're a teenager, I think, you know, mum and dad can get a bit boring, can't they? I completely <laughs> agree. I completely agree. I mean, that's one thing I've got quite positive about going to work. It's nice at work having other people to talk to other than the people that you live with, which, yeah, as you say, I'm sure teenagers find very frustrating having, yeah, not, not the connection with their friends that they would yeah. like to have. I think so. And also on the other end of the spectrum, it's it must be really, really hard for older people who have uh, underlying conditions and have to self-isolate and they are on their own. Yeah. And yeah. That, that that must be really, really... I mean, I've got an elder sister but uh, and she's 
fine. She's well, but she is in that vulnerable group. But her son lives in the same house, so she's got an interaction with some. He's grown up, and yeah. Um, but uh, these sometimes you hear of these elderly people on their own, and that I must be imagine. yeah. That yeah. must be frightening, actually. Very. Frightening. I think so. Yeah, and yeah, just very isolated, very very alone, and. Um, you know, they're probably the best part of the week before all of this was having their grandkids or children coming to visit them. And, you know, with that taken away, I imagine, yeah, it would be very, very difficult, very hard. Are you more of a cooker or a baker? A cooker, cooker. not a baker. I don't really, I'm one of those weird, I don't really like cake which is really weird. I don't like the taste of it much. Yeah. I eat it. It gives me indigestion cake. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> Too I'm stodgy, I a, suppose. I think I'm more of a, if I had to pick a starter or a dessert, I would go starter over dessert. Yeah. I like. And yeah. my husband hasn't got, I, 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 I have got a sweet tooth, but cake I don't particularly like. I love chocolate. Yeah. But my husband hasn't got a sweet tooth, so I, I tend to, you know, it's the main course that I go for. What are your specialties? Um, I do a very good Mexican. Oh, very, very good. I learned to do that in when we we lived in Los Angeles for about. Well, I've lived there a couple of times over the years, but my last um, time out there was um, I was a judge on America's Next Top Model. Yeah, so I, I actually would... watched you on that. <laughs> so I go out there, you know, for a couple of months a year, and and a friend of mine out there just gave me some great recipes because you know they do Mexican cooking out there is fantastic. Do you do burritos or tacos? Yeah, I, do, I can do most things with burritos, um, guacamole. Mm. Um, and I'm half of my family are vegetarians. My oh, really? My vegetarian and parts of his family. So I, I learned to do it not only with beef, but, you know, I can do it with, you know, the... Um, Beans and... Yeah, and the fake beef. And, and actually it's nicer. It's a bit lighter. Yeah, you, know, you do it with corn and you mix in onions, and it's really good. I Always love making Mexican my mouth food. water. Yeah, no, now I'm thinking about it. We're going to make a big roast for dinner tonight, so we've got to got that prepared. Yeah, good Sunday roast. I wanted to ask you just about your your career. I mean, how it must that just exploded out of nowhere? Um, it was. It was. It was a bit bonkers, really. Yeah. I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and it was like, because you know, I was sixteen years old. Yeah. I was a schoolgirl. I like most teenage girls. I hated what I looked like because I was so skinny, and you know, and I I I longed to you know have a shapely figure and be figure. taller oh. and like and then that whole thing happened to me and it, it it happened so quickly you know and I was suddenly flying to Paris and then to New York and it was mad and meeting extraordinary people yeah spectacular seeing so many parts of the world that you may might not have normally had the opportunity oh, absolutely I mean I think I've the only place which is weird that I've never ever been and it was on my list although now now god knows whether we'll ever get there but I've never been to South America ah but I've been to most places in the world I'm you know the, the far east Japan I went to a few times um most of Europe most of uh, Australia, obviously, America. Yeah, so South America's on your bucket list then. It is. I'd love to go to Argentina. That would mm -hmm. be my first one. I've been. I've been to Argentina. Is it amazing? It is 
beautiful yeah. it is a spectacular country so yeah. i recommend that definitely oh that's well if if and when we're allowed to fly <laughs> i think so i think that everybody's writing every place that they've always wanted to go but haven't had the chance and thinking about it more now than ever i know yeah. i know yeah but we don't want those big birds in the sky like they were before because we want to keep the pollution down yeah, I completely agree. We need definitely. socially distanced aeroplanes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that exists yet. <laughs> yeah, um, no. Well, it's been an absolute joy. And again, thank you. I'm in awe. Oh, no, I'm, I'm in awe of everything you were able to achieve. Oh, I think it's brilliant. So, no, I really, really appreciate this. Well, it's been an absolute joy talking to you. And can I say again, you are our heroes. And thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Well, that's it for this episode of Tea with Twiggy. It was so lovely to talk to Lucy and my thanks to her for taking time to talk to me. It was really good to hear how Lucy and people who are working on the front line are dealing with the situation. Oh, and thanks to all of you for the lovely messages about the podcast. It's so nice to get your feedback. Please join me for the next episode of Tea with Twiggy. If you've enjoyed listening to Tea with Twiggy, please take a moment to give us a lovely five-star rating on Apple Podcasts It really helps other people to find the show. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to this podcast so you auto-magically get the next episodes for free. And do tell all your friends and family about it too. If you want to connect with me, I'd love to hear from you. You can find me on Twitter at Twiggy or you can find me on Instagram at Twiggy Lawson. My thanks go to all the people that have helped this podcast happen. Many thanks to James Carroll and all the team at North Bank Talent Management. Thanks to all the team at Stripped Media, including Ben Williams, who edits the show, my producer, Kobe Omanaka, and executive producers, Tom Wally and Dave Corkery. The music you can hear now is my version of Waterloo Sunset by The Kinks. If you'd like to hear the whole song, you can find it and all the other songs I've recorded on iTunes and Spotify. So check it out. I look forward to you joining me for my next episode. So see you then. Bye. You just heard a stripped media production. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.